0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? That's the question that God asks the prophet Ezekiel while leading him on a tour of a valley that is filled with, and he says, very dry bones, very dry, meaning it's been a long time since there was skin and muscle on these bones and life. Can these bones live? The obvious answer, if you were asking me, is uh, no, no, no. But you aren't asking me. God is asking Ezekiel. And because God is the one asking, well, Ezekiel is wise to answer, Oh, Lord, uh, you know. You, you, You know. Because we're talking about God, the God who created life. The God who values life, who restores life. So so that even the largest valley of the driest bones can be filled with life again. And when it comes to, to God today, for anybody who feels too far gone, too spiritually dry, too overwhelmed, well, with God there is always hope. No one is lost, and it's never too late for hope. That's what we are celebrating, actually celebrating in this sermon series that we're calling Faith, Hope, Life. We are celebrating that it is never too late for hope or to ask for help. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Today is actually Global Suicide Prevention Awareness Day. But, but all this month, we, uh, we want to celebrate life. But we want to do so honestly and truthfully and hopefully, full of hope. To to help those who are suffering to discover that there is a key to hope. There is a pathway to life. And to be a resource for help that that comes from God. And and then we want to help anybody that's listening today here at church or or in our podcast online. We want to help them to know that, that, that they can help those who are struggling... To find hope and the resources that they need. So today's sermon is titled, You Shall Live. Because that's the answer God gives Ezekiel as they survey the valley of death. In the face of death, God encourages us, urges us to hope despite what we may be feeling right now, however hard, however painful, however dark, you shall live. Life is possible. And you can make it through this. And God and his people are here to help. So Ezekiel, he was a a Jewish Prophet, He lived in Judah about 590 years before Jesus was born. It was a time of, of great conflict for Ezekiel and the people of Israel. Now, Ezekiel had had a, a, a pretty good life. I mean, he was one of the elites of Judah. But that all changed when King Nebuchadnezzar, of the Babylonian Empire, invaded Judah. And the realities of war took over their lives. The realities of war. We've seen, John asked us to to pray for for the peace in Eastern Europe. We've seen just in, in under a year images, pictures of the realities of war. Violence, death, destruction, torture. They were living through hell and they were giving up hope. Ezekiel himself was captured with many other elites. He was taken to Babylon. He, he was a captive there. And life was brutal. They were a long way from home. Many began to, to doubt God, to deny God a lot began to just give up hope completely. They were suffering from PTSD. And after five years of this despair, God began to speak to Ezekiel through dreams and visions. And God's messages, which Ezekiel shared with his people, while they reflected the dark realities of their suffering, they were also messages of hope. They were images of a future beyond the current moment of suffering. And now, Ezekiel, he didn't sugarcoat what they were facing. He didn't didn't paint a, a rose colored picture. He didn't look on the bright side. He looked at the valley of very dry bones because that's what his people felt like there was no hope. Did you know that if you are concerned that someone is thinking about taking their life, the most important thing that you can do is to ask them. To ask them if they are thinking about suicide. Many people, they don't show the signs of it. There isn't that cry for help, but you can ask. God and Ezekiel start from a place where, of what people actually feel, they they are giving up hope. But from that real place, they can help. We can encourage when we know and and we ask that that we can take seriously and frankly, We, we show that we can take seriously and be frank about what people are feeling. And if we ask, we can then help them get the support that they need. God invites Ezekiel to really acknowledge the depths of the hopelessness of his people. A lot of people worry that if they were to ask that maybe they would give somebody an idea that wasn't already there. That's not what happens. Let me dispel that. I have a friend who asked a friend after asking me what he should do for his friend he was worried about. I said, ask him. You know what happened? His friend said, no, but since you're noticing these things in me, maybe I should get some help. Worst case scenario, no, they say. But clearly I'm putting off some signs and maybe it's time to get some help. Best case scenario, yes, and you can help them get help. That is what studies and research show. And that is what God invites Ezekiel to do. Look at the truth, the valley of hopelessness. And from there, we can do something. There was once this very religious woman who felt called to give her life to God. She she was the epitome of faithfulness. She prayed, she served the poor. She she really she she talked the talk and she walked the walk. And people wanted to be close to her. They wanted to follow her ways to to learn from her. They thought they could be close to God by getting close to her. But even though on the outside she had this faithful life, she seemed close to God, she was almost a saint inside. She felt, well, here's what she wrote to her friend who was a priest. She said, in the darkness, Lord my God, who am I that you should forsake me? the child of your love, and now become the most hated one, the one that you have thrown away as unwanted, unloved. I call, I cling, I want, and there is no one to answer. While I raise my thoughts to heaven, there is such convicting emptiness that those very thoughts return like sharp knives And hurt my very soul. Love, the word, it brings nothing. I am told that God lives in me, and yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great that nothing touches my soul. The woman who wrote about this emptiness, these sharp knives in her soul, this pain, We know her as Mother Teresa. She was known around the world for the way she lived her faith in Jesus, the way that she cared for the suffering as if they were Christ himself. In 1979, she won the Nobel Peace Prize. But she wrote to her friend, pray for me, please, that I keep smiling at him in spite of everything. She said that her smile was a big cloak which covers a multitude of pain. Hearing about Mother Teresa's internal pain and her struggle to cover it up with a smile, her struggle with faith, it sounds like she spent much of her life in this spiritual valley of dry bones. Perhaps God would ask her, Mary, can these bones live? And she longed for her spiritual life to come into into full bloom. And yet, God, you know, (laughs) you know. But she persevered and she thrived even. She knew she could share her pain, her depression, her darkness with others. She had these trusted friends who gave her the space and the permission to be honest. They were there for her. And so while she felt God was distant, in reality God was as close to her as those people. So God was with her. With all the truth that that she had felt when, when it was all publicly known and her incredible faithful perseverance, Pope Francis named Mother Teresa a saint six years ago this month. Even the saints experienced doubt and despair and depression and internal pain. And Ezekiel shows us how God works wonders even in those places of greatest hurt. Listen again for the word of God for us today from Ezekiel. He said, Then God said to me, prophesy to these bones, say to them, O dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. And thus says the Lord God, to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know. That I am the Lord. So Ezekiel says, I prophesied as I had been commanded. And and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a a noise, a rattling. The, The bones. They came together, bone to its bone, and I looked and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. So then he said to me, so prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. And then he he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off completely So therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves, and I'm going to bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you. You shall live, and I will place you on your own soil." And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God who created all life. God who created all life, who keeps the stars in the sky. God who watches every eagle fly. God who catches every sparrow that falls from the sky. Our God, the giver of life, can restore life. Even the driest, lifeless bones get new life. Muscles can become strong again. Flesh alive again. If you feel like you're standing alone facing death, if you feel like St. Teresa and the people of God completely cut off with a forced smile that covers the pain and nobody knows what's going on inside, well, know that God does see you. That God is with you. And that God sees the potential for life in you. Oh, my people, oh, my child, says God to every suffering person. Oh, my child, I'll put my own life in you. God promises cosmic CPR for us. I will get down. I will will do the work. I'll put my own mouth-to-mouth breath in you if you let me please, my child. I'll put you back in yourself. I'll put you back on stable ground, on your own solid ground. Trust me. My child, oh, my people. God sees, God knows, God yearns for the potential life in you. And these aren't trite words. Beyond this present suffering, there is new life possible. Howard Thurman was a brilliant theologian, a scholar, a civil rights leader, a pastor, so much more. He was probably the greatest theological influence on uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. He was born in 1899 in Florida. At times he was raised by his grandmother who had been a slave. Thurman put himself through school working as a janitor. He graduated valedictorian from Morehouse. He went on to join the faculties of Howard and Spellman and Morehouse. He became the dean of the chapel at Boston University. He spent time with Gandhi. He founded an interracial church in 1944 that he served. He co-pastored with a white pastor. And all the time during this intense racism and segregation in our country. He is a man who knew great struggles. Who was raised by women who knew even greater suffering. And Howard Thurman soared. In his most important book that he wrote in 1949 called Jesus and the Disinherited, Thurman writes about exactly what it is exactly what it is that gives people the strength to survive and even thrive against the greatest odds. He says it's something that I think is also true. What he says, I think, is also true for people who find themselves in any kind of personal pain and suffering who nonetheless keep going what we might call resiliency. Thurman writes, I've seen it happen. In communities where, that were completely barren with no apparent growing edge, without any point to provide light for the disadvantaged, I have seen children grow up without fear, with quiet dignity and such high purpose that the mark which they set for themselves has even been transcended. Now, I believe he can say I've seen it happen because he himself is a product of this. And he says it is the awareness that a man is a child of God. God who is at one and the same the God of life, who creates a profound faith in life that nothing can destroy. What he's saying is when you come to understand that the God who created the heavens and the earth is the God who created you and cares for you, Well, then, that creates a profound faith in the life, in the dignity and the worth and the value of that life. He says it creates such a profound faith in life nothing can destroy. He says it is the essence of the religion of Jesus of Nazareth, that that God of life, of the grasses and the sparrows and the stars, who leaves his mark on every living thing, cares for me. To be assured of this becomes the answer to the threat of violence. Yea, to violence itself. To the degree to which a man knows this. He is unconquerable from within and without. How do we come to know this? How do we find this assurance? Well, Thurman says he received it from his mother. This faith, this hope. He says it's highly contagious. He says it's on us. It's our responsibility to share this wisdom, this truth, this knowledge, this faith, this encouragement with others because it gives them the key for unlocking the doors of his hopes. I got to tell a story that I love from Howard Thurman. He it was 1910 and he was probably about 10 years old and Halley's comet was was coming close. And he he wanted to go and see it but his mom wouldn't let him out. It was too late at night. He was hearing from all of his friends who were talking about how amazing it was to see Halley's comet coming. So so one night she she finally let him come out and and, and people didn't know what was going to happen when when Halley's comet came close and and he he said he was he was staring up and 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 in awe and amazement at at this. And and then he began to wonder. And he asked his mother as he stared at the comet, what what happens if it falls out of the sky to us? And he said, she was so quiet for so long that that he tore his eyes away to, to look upon her face and he said, what I saw in her face was something I had only ever seen one time when she was in deep prayer. And then she said to him, Howard, nothing's going to happen to us. God will take care of us. And that was the key that unlocked all of his hopes, that was the contagious truth that allowed him to persevere against great odds. That is the power. This is what Ezekiel does for his people, his vision of hope, of optimism. It gives people the key to unlock their hopes for a future beyond their current suffering. God says the people were crying, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. And so God commands Ezekiel to prophesy, to give them hope, to tell them life will come back. This suffering is only for a time. I'm going to bring them out of these thoughts of death. I'm going to put my own spirit in you so you know you are not alone, so that you can live and hope and flourish, oh my people. We all have a part to play if it is to ask someone that we are concerned about who is suffering so that we can show them the care and, of being with them in their place of pain, to bear witness to the, the valley of dry bones and like Ezekiel to speak words of profound hope even in the place of greatest despair to help them find treatment. I wanna share with you one last thing Research tells us that the best thing to combat suicide is to share stories of people who have survived it. And so a woman named Gemma on her Instagram, posted today, real stories of hope and recovery. And these stories matter because when somebody hears that it's possible to make it through, what Ezekiel does for his people, why Ezekiel exists in the Bible for us, it matters. Lavinia said, if if I could, I'd like to tell my younger self that she was right to hang on. Because indeed, there was more than that, way, way more. And Emma said, all all I can say is, I promise you will feel better again. You don't know how powerful and strong you are. It may get worse before it gets better, but from experience, I promise it gets better. And there is a whole world of happiness and love waiting for you. And Anonymous said, no one lies to you as much as you do. No one mocks you as much as you do. I promise you, no matter how hopeless it may seem, everything's going to work out in the end. Someday, it may sound like a cliche, but it happened to me. And Remy said, I am now sitting here inhaling life day by day. That's more than I ever thought would be possible. And Nurse Kay said, suicide doesn't fix problems. It eliminates the chance for things to get better. It eliminates hope for the future. Please stay curious about what might go right if you stay. We want you to stay. And Mathilda said, I can't even express how glad I am that I didn't in my life that day. I obviously have some bad days, but nothing compares to what I went through. If someone had told me that things get better, I would not have believed them, but it does. It could start with something insignificant, said Lara. You have to stick around another day to see if that dandelion across the street gets picked. But you may find that the small joys in life are the best reasons to stay. I've heard many stories just like that myself from people who have been so close, who have even tried. My question to them is never what got you there, but what got you out of there? What do you feel the moment you, you realized you were still alive? Relief. And often a great desire to help other people get through to know that it is possible. This is why we ask. This is why we share the stories. This is why Ezekiel and Mother Teresa and Howard Thurman shared their stories. And so I want to offer to anybody here or anybody listening online that if you have a story that you would like to share or if you are thinking about taking your life, please email me, pastordrew.hope.com. At gmail.com. You may share a story anonymously or personally of of what got you through. And, And if you are today thinking about taking your life, please call 988 and get help. Reach out to someone that you trust or email me. We'll go from there. For those needing to hear that hope today, to receive the key, you are a precious child of God and together a people will get through whatever you are facing and God will bring us through. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. You have been listening to the Sermon Podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church, as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you, and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.